Hey Goblins, Brandon here. Uh, if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support us create more and maybe even take the podcast to weekly, then the best way right now that you can support us is to head over to patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. You can find all the different stuff we do there, one-page dungeons, uh, bonus audio for things, all kinds of stuff. So head on over there, uh, and even if it's just a dollar or you know however much you're comfortable doing, or if you can't put anything toward the Patreon, just tell a friend about it. Tell somebody about the podcast. That's another great way to support us. So, uh, patreon.com slash goblins growlers, uh, and we'll see y'all soon. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Goblins and Growlers podcast. I'm Josh Maltby at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. And my sonorous, congested voice is Brandon Dingus at Way of Brandalore on Twitter and various social media. I will say I commented on the congestedness a little bit, but I don't think it's actually super noticeable. But in, in my head, it's a lot more noticeable. It's possible that it's just the volume level I have you at. And when you're just like directly in people's ears as they're trying to work out or whatever, they'll be like, oh, God, Brandon, so congested. In my head, I sound like Billy D. Williams talking about Colt 45. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds ideal. I mean, it really is. It really that is. That sounds like a good situation to have going on. I know. I, it probably irritates people after a while, though. You can only take so much <laughs> of it. People can only become so attracted to me with that voice. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, let me tell so, you. Let me tell you a story about aging, real quick. Yes. I went to the eye okay. doctor. I went to the eye doctor the other day. Right. Eye doctor says, "Oh, how long has it been since you've uh, gotten your prescription checked?" I said, "Ah, oh, it's been a few years." She does the thing, puts the letters up on the wall and everything, and uh, she finishes up and she says, so your distance vision has gotten worse. I said, OK. She's like, have you ever I'd like you to consider progressive lenses. Have you ever heard about those? I said, well, I've heard the term. I have a lot of older friends who have them, um, but I don't really know what they do. She's like, well, the thing is, uh, it sort of splits the lens. So the upper part of it is for distance and the lower part is for up close. And I said, now, wait a minute. Because it sounds like what you're describing to me is bifocals. And she said, well. <laughs> so long story short, I have uh, lineless bifocals now. <laughs> well, that was my understanding of progressive lenses is that they're kind of bifocals, but they don't have the like sudden transition from yeah. distance to up close. It's more gradual. Yeah, you don't look like Ben Franklin when when you've got the line. <laughs> Um, so, and the way it works too, is the left and right sides of the lens is distorted a little bit. So when you want to look at something, you actually have to like turn your head like an owl, um, oh or, Lord. or else it'll be a little bit blurry. But, uh, anyway, so that's, uh, you know, I got that to match my gray hair now. So it's uh fantastic. Getting older is great. I will say, I'm glad that you're doing that and not what, uh, one of my coworkers is doing where he has three separate pairs of, of glasses that he puts on for a variety of circumstances at any given moment. And the worst part of this is he's had to label the arms on the glasses so that he can tell which pair he's pulling out to put on. Like it's cords behind a computer? Yes. Well, I mean, I work in IT, so it makes sense. Uh -huh. But the, the trouble with this is that he needs to be wearing one of the pairs to look at the arms on the other pair so that he can fully read the text on it. 
And if he's reading, if he's using the wrong pair at the time, he has to like hold them all the way out at arm's reach. That sounds like way too much work. It's so much work. Oh my God. I've been wearing glasses since I was eight. So I'm just kind of used to the rigmarole of it. Um, but there's no way I would want to have three pairs of glasses around my neck for any was, given thing. I was like, it sounds like your prescription's really bad. And he's like, oh, I get all of these at the gas station. I'm like, why? Why? My dad does that, but he had he's had 20-20 vision basically all his life. Just in the last few years, he is, uh, he's had to start wearing glasses for reading on occasion. So he buys like mm. 10 pair at Rite Aid or something like that and just leaves one of them in each room of the house. I mean, I kind of understand that and on the flip side i'm like but it's not the right prescription i understand having a like emergency pair for emergencies or when you're like i put my glasses down and i need to find my glasses but i'm going to use these glasses to help me find it like i get that i get that this is nonsense yeah my my prescription's terrible so um <laughs> i'm surprised nasa doesn't have to make my glasses with how bad they are Oh no! Yeah, it's it's not good. I'm like a I'm like a space telescope. But uh, I was gonna say now that they've got all this space telescope technology, they're really advancing glasses technology. <laughs> um, getting to relevant stuff. Uh, <laughs> seems like it's uh, uh a little bit uh, all quiet on the wizards front these days after several weeks of explosive news uh going on. Uh, so <laughs> we were. It, Oh, go ahead. It is a little bit like everyone was uh, sprinting around yelling at the top of their lungs for weeks on end. And because of that, everyone's like, and now we are sleepy. It is time for rest. <laughs> Everybody just worked themselves up into a fervor. They surprisingly won. And then they're just going to go back to sleep. They're going to go back and hibernate until March now. Until <laughs> they can come out I of their dungeon. I just keep thinking of the deep fried Shaquille O'Neal meme where it's like, I sleep. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, uh, there's no big, ridiculous news to talk about. Um, so Josh and I decided to take it easy a little bit this time around. And since we've been talking so much about wizards and wizards driving so many people back to the indie scene with their shenanigans, and uh, we, we thought it might be a good idea to actually talk about some interesting or just quirky indie stuff that we found. So Josh, yeah. Josh and I spent uh, a week or so just poking around on like itch.io as we are wont to do to try to find some interesting stuff. You know, may, maybe it's not groundbreaking. Maybe it's not the coolest thing you've ever heard, but it's just interesting, independently generated stuff that I think is cool. Yeah, um, we were both feeling a little uncomfortable after all the OGL stuff, and we realized that it's because we were so itchy. So itchy because it had been so long since we had scratched that itch.io. Very good. Give, <laughs> give yourself a gold star. Um, so do you, do you want to start or shall I start? Go ahead. Okay. So what I want to talk about today is something I actually heard about from a group of friends first and then went and found and was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. I want to talk about this Discord has ghosts in it. Okay. It is a indie game. Um, it's available for pay what you want, as long as what you want is $7 or more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pay what you should. I mean, it's itch. So you can pay seven or you can uh, give them more than that. I think they do some free community copies here and there as well. Mm -hmm. So, but I, 
I won't get too much into that. We we know how itch works, Josh. (laughs) The concept of this Discord has ghosts in it is you create a Discord server and it's got specific channels for rooms around a haunted house. Then you have players who are investigators and players who are ghosts. The ghosts can only type inside text-based rooms and the investigators are all on voice chat and are the only ones with hot mics. Everyone is inside voice chat listening in, but the the investigators are not allowed to type and the ghosts are not allowed to talk. And if you want to have spectators, then they call them specters. Uh-huh. Because they're ghosts that uh, just don't do anything. So they hang out in chat and they, they don't perform anything. So the premise basically is that it's phasmophobia if it were a multi-user dungeon. Kind of, yes. It's phasmophobia where the text generation is done by other players. Phasmophobia the mud where text generation is done by other players. Yeah. Yeah. It's it kind of brings me back to forum role playing days a little bit conceptually Mm -hmm. because it's very much involved in I am going to produce some text based fiction for you and you are going to be invested in it. And that's how we're going to have fun together. Okay, I'm really I'm interested to understand how this plays out. So the basic concept is that the the investigators have their own motivations for coming to the haunted house and they select for themselves a fright, something that really terrifies that specific investigator. There's, of course, a table of options for everyone to choose from. The ghosts select a bloodline a malign, and then everybody selects their own names. So the investigator can be whoever you want the investigator to be. The ghost can be whatever you want the ghost to be of. And then the bloodline is the physical presence that they had in the world. Um, So like, you know, if you were, if you were born Brandon Dingus and then you passed on, but you came back as a ghost, you might not identify a ghostly as Brandon Dingus. You might identify ghostly as like Selzikor, the okay. blood drainer. Or, kinda you like, know, like kind of like the Pope. You get a new job, you get a new name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Being a ghost is like being the Pope. Okay. Um, I can understand the, that. <laughs> the Mulline is the thing that uh happened to you in life possibly as part of your death that causes you to be rooted to this world and makes it so that you are a specter in fact um the investigators are looking for who was this ghost in life um and then if the ghost wants they can help the investigators well spooking them of course determine how best to help them be released. And sometimes it's a little bit more PVP where the ghost, uh, the players have agreed that all ghosts will be released by the end of play, but the ghosts will be like, but I'm going to like, I'm going to launch lamps at you and stuff when you actually get close. Like you can have a bit of a, a bit of a conversation about where you want the game to go. Um, They are, they do spend a lot of time talking about lines and veils. This being a horror-based collaborative game, 
You want to make sure that you're not setting people off while they're trying to play. Um, the metaphor that was used was apparently written by at small ghost, Seb Pines, which is there's a difference between ghosts and poltergeists. Ghosts are kind of this spooky otherworldly force that exists. And maybe the two, like the living and the dead, don't truly understand each other. And that's where a lot of the trouble comes from. Poltergeists are this like malignant force that is like, get out. And either wants people out or dead. Playing that kind of game, it doesn't sound like it would be fun. Maybe there's someone out there who really wants to play that kind of game where it's like, I want my friends to be as mean and violent to me as possible. Mm -hmm. But that certainly doesn't sound like a good time to me. And the writers of the game are like, look, this is not really what this is built for. We recommend that you stick to ghosts. So I guess I'm, I'm sticking with phasmophobia because that's at least something I understand. So sure. does it involve going through like a haunted location or is it all just sort of done sort of theater of the mind ish, like wandering through a nebulous area? So that's kind of that's kind of the fun of it is since it's a discord, you can set up different categories of channels and then set up different channels. And what you do is you build the haunted house to their specifications to start with out of these different categories and channels. Oh. You're building a fairly basic house at first where it's like living room, kitchen, dining room, first floor bedroom. And then there's a basement category that starts out completely empty. Uh huh. The ghosts are allowed to create new channels. As long as they're all text. And um, the investigators, when they enter a room, they are expected to read aloud what they're seeing in the room based on the text, the kind of like greater text for that room. Uh-huh. And then they and the ghosts interact inside those spaces. Okay. So just just so I'm sure I understand it. So mm -hmm. the house exists, the rooms in the house exist as different channels within a Discord server. Yes. And each channel is set up with sort of it like I'm thinking of like Zork or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the the text adventure where you go into an area and then it's like, oh, you walk into Arthur Dent's bedroom and here is his bed, his robe is hanging on the wall, there's a bottle of aspirin in the drawer, etc. Yes, that is okay. precisely the basic idea. And then the ghosts come in and they start adding details and they might even have stuff that only starts to happen when an investigator enters a room. So like the investigator could be reading aloud the description for the room. And meanwhile, there is a ghost typing out a nice little paragraph about like, as, as you're looking at the bedside table, like long grooves of scratches as if fingernails were being dragged through it up here and blood begins to ooze from them just as an example so is In, each is each ghost responsible for being some kind of gm for the game essentially a little bit yeah so each ghost is writing what is happening in the rooms and then the investigators are coming in and are kind of they're they're exploring the rooms, but they're also then detailing and narrating what they're finding as they're finding it to the rest of the group 
Um, they're treating the voice chat as quote unquote walkie talkies. Right. So in that way, it's very phasmophobia esque, but it doesn't. I suppose you could play a variant where you also have a local chat channel for each room, but I, mm -hmm. that's not really how it's built. Right. I mean, the walkie talkies comparison makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So the goal is for the investigators to figure out what the ghosts kind of their whole story is and how to either release them or determine that they do not want to be released and leave them alone. And the ghost's objective is to figure out what the investigator's fright is and spook them right out of the building. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, it sounds like phasmophobia, basically. It, it's very phasmophobia-esque. The, the big difference, I would say, is that the goal is never to kill investigators, right. which phasmophobia is like, yeah, pretty much every ghost, even if they're very, very docile, will at some point want you dead. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing it either, because I think the idea of uh, like an interactive mud like this, um, I really it really appeals to me. I would really like to see this in a lot of different ways. Like I would love I would love to try this uh, as sort of a Dracula's castle kind of thing, too, um, as opposed to just um, like a ghost hunt kind of situation i think there are some interesting ways you could adapt yeah. that well given given that the base rules give you here is a haunted house you can expand on that however you want mm -hmm. so yeah you could absolutely do dracula's castle and you're like wandering through and there's just a variety of very spooky goings on right no that sounds really cool um did you did you happen to find any uh like uh live play videos or recordings or anything of it I didn't look up any live play videos or anything like that. I was so entranced by just the concept of it that I was like, I really want to play this for myself before I start creating preconceived notions of it. Yeah, this sounds really good. We should honestly get some people together and play this relatively yeah, soon. We should. I think that would be great, especially since you never invite me to any of your phasmophobia streams. <laughs> <laughs> so my entire knowledge of that game comes from watching you have fun with it. <laughs> Listen, Brandon, if you want to play Phasmophobia, we don't have to wait for a charity oh, fundraiser stream to do it. I don't have time for that shit right now. But <laughs> <laughs> What are you salty about then? Just not being asked, Josh. <laughs> it's it would the just principle. be nice to be asked sometimes. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Yeah, we should definitely we should get some people together and play this soon and not wait until like Halloween or something for it, as we are wont to do to try and make it thematic <laughs> play well, a valentine's if, day haunted house hell yeah i mean if we get really good at this discord has ghosts in it maybe we could do something charity fundraiser-esque for halloween that would be good yeah we got all summer to practice yeah <laughs> um so uh any any final thoughts there on this discord has ghosts um i mean the one thing is it's a grand total of 10 pages for seven bucks Mm -hmm. For some folks, that's probably going to feel like a lot, but I will say they give you three separate download options for it. Um, mm -hmm. There is a rich text format, 16 kilobyte file that's just text so that you can kind of create your rules page on whatever your Discord is. Mm -hmm. There's a slightly larger PDF 
Um, that's really easy to share with friends so that when you're all playing together, you all know the rules. And there's a very significantly larger uh, TIFFs file, which is really, really gorgeous with all of the art and pieces like that, that you can then like, if you want, you could print it out as like a booklet. I think for the for the value, I think it's well worth it. Um, I But I do want to make sure that anyone who's thinking about picking it up isn't like, how did Josh sell me on a 10 page booklet? <laughs> I just spent $7 on this thing. If you divide that's 70 cents per page. <laughs> what, do you, what is this? A FedEx? A do you FedEx know if it was released under Creative Commons? Um, you know, I didn't check that. Let me take a look. I'll take a look real quick while we're setting yeah. up for while we're vamping. Got. So Josh can look. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm just curious, especially after all the Wizards discussion and a lot of the indie stuff that I see nowadays, at least the text of it is release Creative Commons. Yeah, I don't. We'll oh, let you know. <laughs> this this is an early access version. OK, they're doing some rule extensions and things like that um, with update and expansion. It does look like they're releasing a physical copy of the game. Mm hmm. Um, but all of the changes and rules and things like that, they're going to add to your cart, basically, uh, where you go on itch to download the files that you've been given. They're just going to add it to those downloadable files. Yeah. Itch, by the way, everybody, if you don't use it is fantastic. Uh, you should definitely use it to buy indie stuff, uh, because if for no other reason than the library management. Uh, for your itch account is just fantastic and you never have to think about anything ever again god it's so nice yeah um apparently they're about to be releasing these rules are not in the version that i have right now so this is still they're mm -hmm. still working on this but uh they're working on new game modes to change it to be either a little more like found footage horror uh -huh. to like scooby-doo goofiness uh-huh which I am here for. I'm here for the Scooby-Doo. I like <laughs> I like found footage. It's like the Slack Witch Project or something. <laughs> they are also uh, adding atmospheric music. As oh, really? That you can play you. within the server? You Like you can set up a playlist yeah. within the server? Yeah. Well, because everybody's already going to be on the same voice chat. So. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's Josh. I. I hereby charge you with organizing a game of this <laughs> relatively soon. We'll we'll get something going. Okay. Um, I'll jump into mine now, which is not going to be nearly as detailed as yours, but it's at least thematic because mine mm -hmm. is also about spooky spooks. Um, it is the Yokai Hunters Society, uh, which I found on itch, obviously. Uh, and it is really cool because it is set in Meiji era, era Japan, like 1889. And it's like right before the new constitution. It's this period of transition from the old, like, uh, you know, coming out of the shogunate, uh, the Tokugawa era and coming into like unified Japan and everything. So if you're a fan of like stuff like Ninja Scroll or Roroni Kenshin, it's very much in that kind of mold in terms of the time period. Um, because you've got the westernization of Japan while also you've got, you know, the, the, the cultural legacy of, of samurai and, uh, 
you know, so you've got guns mixing with swords and everything mm. like that. But um, for, you know, the uninitiated, you know, yokai is essentially um, Japanese demons. Uh, if you want to boil everything away, these very culturally specific demons. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this last night when I was uh, prepping for this episode. And I was like, you know, I want to say something like, oh, you know, I'm just such a huge fan of Japanese culture. And that's why this really appeals to me. But I feel like that's more, it, that's more disingenuous than what is actually closer to the truth, which is I'm a big fan of Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, which is why this really appeals to me, because it's a, like fighting monsters in Super Sentai and Kamen Rider is essentially yokai. Uh, and there are some seasons of both shows where they are literally fighting yokai, uh, like Cocker Ranger, for example. But anyway, this system, it's uh, its a rules light system. It's based on Tunnel Goons. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am not familiar with Tunnel Goons. Can you give me just like a super brief? Yeah, I'm like only super minorly familiar with it because I know it's a thing out there that people play. But it's essentially a fail forward system. It's got three. Um, it's got three stats to it, and I'll show you the like the character sheet for Yokai Hunters. But um, you are assigned. You know, you you assign numbers to the three stats, and then you roll two d six, and then add depending on what you're trying to do. Ten or more is a success. Uh, nine is like a success with consequence, and eight is uh, like a failure, and stuff happens. Now, the interesting thing, and the thing uh, I'm looking at right now is the system ref document for Tunnel Goons. It's at tunnelgoons.com/srd, and this is a Creative Commons release. And it's like I can scroll my mouse just one really good scroll, and that takes me through the entire SRD for it. So oh that's God. pretty much the definition of a rules light system. <laughs> but the interesting thing about yokai hunters, um, you know how like uh, nine is like succeed with consequence or something like that. Um, there's in the in the actual book, there's a note that's like, you know, nine is actually a very like unlucky number in Japanese. So they were able to tie that in thematically with it. So like if you roll a nine, you like you end up having to pay a little bit of a price for something and it fits sort of the cultural milieu of it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, the um, the book itself, which I'll just show part of here because I don't want to like just show the whole thing <laughs> to everybody. But it's 36 pages. Uh, it's in black and white. Um, it's uh, real like it's got a bunch of tables to help with character creation and scene creation. And it's got a little bestiary at the back of some defined yokai that people can Ooh. fight. And then the character sheet's really simple, too, as as it is with a lot of these real, you know, rules light systems and everything but you can see it's not too difficult to keep track of anything the tunnel goon system also has like um you have like an inventory stat that uh is tells you like how much you can carry um but i bought this uh right now like as we're recording this on saturday february 11th um i bought it as part of the zemo bundle it's um uh some sort of sale that's going on uh Yokai Hunter Society by itself is selling right now for $2.80. It's normally $4. I bought it in a bundle for $4.90 that comes with the core rules and an adventure that goes with it, which I have not had a chance to read because I've had a very busy day so far. Um, but uh, there are some scenarios that come with this. There's a free one called The Gordian Knot. Uh, there's uh, Dakuhasu and there's Grave of the Last Warrior, all you know, very thematic. But uh, reading sort of the intro for it that sets the scene, 
It's the year is 1889. After months of deliberation, a constitution is about to be approved, giving absolute power to Emperor Meiji. In the last two decades, there have been profound political and social reforms that have cleared the way from, quote, modernization, the abolition of feudal privilege, and the establishment of European-style political, police, and judicial systems, restructuring of the army, etc. But not everyone is happy with these changes. And it's painting a picture of it being a very convulsive time in Japan. And this is sort of, uh, this cultural upheaval is what's allowing the yokai to sort of resurface uh, and become a problem. And so you play hunters, you, um, it's, it's very like mission-based, where you decide what your mission is to go out and hunt. And you have the, the GM is actually called the Grandmaster in this. And because it's a very rules light system, that person is responsible for a lot of sort of calling it like it, calling it in the air, essentially, as to what's going to be what and what's going to happen. So it's a really they're really necessary as a facilitator for the storytelling in it. But it's gorgeous. You can get a, a little pamphlet for it as well. It's got like uh, pamphlet rules that are small and simple. Uh, it's like a six page pamphlet just to get you started. It's absolutely worth paying four dollars for it. Um, and you can yeah. also on Lulu.com get a print on demand version of it. It's like nine bucks in paperback. The only reason I haven't bought one yet is because it was going to be like a three to five week delivery time. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have it in time for this anyway. But I absolutely want to get a, um, uh, a actual physical copy of this, even though after like shipping, it's probably going to cost me like 15, $16. Because um, just in case anybody knows, if you ever buy something from a creator on Lulu, know that that creator is not making a lot of money because print on demand costs a lot yeah it's pretty expensive yeah so if you have the option to buy from them print on demand or buy digitally i'm not going to tell you how to live your life but they would probably get more of the money directly if you bought digitally from them especially if you're buying through itch which doesn't really take a cut so keep that in mind but i would uh 100 advise folks to check out uh yokai hunter society um it is from what's the name of the writer on this oh my god i'm embarrassed because i forgot um <laughs> it's by punk Pador. that's the name of the uh that's the name of the itch page uh and then if i scroll back up to the top of this i thought i wrote down the name so this is just me being unprofessional um i'll zoom up oh i looked at it and then you got on the call and i forgot to <laughs> forgot to write it down um words illustration and layout by i'm gonna try my best to pronounce this by Hema Gonzalez. Uh, edited by Tyler Crumrine and layout design advice by Salva Gonzalez uh, and based on Tunnel Goons by Nate Treem. And this is the text of this is released under Creative Commons and you can uh, share it, you can adapt it, you can remix it, anything like that. Uh, but this is uh, absolutely worth checking out. I, like I said, am a huge fan of sort of that era of Japan, at least in popular fiction, like Roni Kenshin, like Ninja Scroll. I'm not going to pretend to be a historian of. Uh, you know, 19th century Meiji era Japan, but it's something that's always captured me a little bit in terms of how otherworldly it can seem sometimes with uh, the way, at least in, in sort of the cultural mythology, how tradition and modernism and modernity meet in, you know, around the turn of the century in Japan. It's just, it's fascinating. And I, I love that setting. I love it more than really a kind of comparable sort of Victorian 
European style setting. Well, so. and Yokai is where you get a lot of the inspiration for a wide variety of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, the there's an entire series of anime and games, etc. Yokai Watch that some people mm-hmm. are probably familiar with. But for those who are completely unfamiliar, one of my absolute favorite yokai of all time is an umbrella that comes to life because you keep leaving it behind and literally grows a foot and an eye and then tracks you down and kicks your ass. <laughs> One that I had never heard of that's actually in here is the uh, Rokurobi. And it's a cursed woman whose neck stretches incredibly far in search of lamp oil to lick while her body sleeps. <laughs> and it's a it's a curse that's put on her for some kind of sin. Uh, but you can see in the bestiary on these, uh, it gives a level, it gives some special abilities, uh, and it just keeps it really simple so you can fill in all the gaps yourself. That's what I like about sort of like system ne- neutral bestiaries like that. And there is actually, I forget where I saw it, so you're going to have to forgive me because I don't have it right at my fingertips, but there is actually a companion piece to this that is an Oni bestiary that has something like 50 or so in there. Oh, um, hell yeah. But also, you could probably pick up any book just on uh, Yokai or Oni, and uh, it would give you plenty of starting information, at least to make something sort of system neutral like this. Yeah, but, ad- adaptability is key. Yeah, adaptability is definitely key. But that is Yokai Hunter Society, and it's at punkpador, P U N K P A D O U R, like pompador, dot itch dot io slash yokai hyphen hunter. Uh, and we'll put that in the show notes. It's fantastic. And while I was looking for this, do you, well, first of all, do you have any other thoughts or comments on uh, Yokai Hunter? Uh, no, I, I love the concept. I find it fascinating. I think it'd be a ton of fun to play. I did realize as you were beating up on yourself for not highlighting names of people as we really should, that I had also not highlighted names of people like Shame we on really you. should. Uh, this Discord has ghosts in it is written by Will Jobst and was designed by Adam Vass and Will Jobst with some additional writing by Adam Vass. Will Jobst, I, J-O-B-S-T. Jobst. <laughs> um, I already highlighted the contribution by Seb Pines. Um, and I don't know if there's other people working on the expanded content. I'm sure they'll update the author's list at that point. Um, so we've talked about this discord has ghosts. We've talked about the yokai hunter society while I was looking for something that I really wanted to talk about. I came across a couple of other things that I just want to throw out there and chat about right now. Yeah. Um, just as I was poking around and I found this one thing called wallet dungeons, um, which I had never heard before, but it's very simple. And I'm sure somebody's listening like, well, of course, that's like a really popular thing that everybody knows about, but I didn't know about it, but anyway, I don't know about it. It's name your own price. And what it is, it's a business card size game where you roll the dice and the roll of the dice helps determine what the dungeon layout is. And then you've got um, statistics and stuff that help you add, you know, you can add a value to those that helps determine what the room is like a threat, an obstacle, nothing, nothing, an opportunity, a boon. Um, dead end, passage, split, crossroads, tower, hall, secret exit, trapped, crumbling, flooded, damped, damp. It's, I mean, it's great. And technically it's free, 
because you can name your own price and that price can be zero, but don't be a jerk. Um, let's see. And you can get a cut. There's like a color version of it as well. Um, and uh, you just lay out the dice and after you roll them and then you use whatever value is on the dice and then look at the business card and help determine what it is. So it's really great for creating a dungeon just randomly if you don't really have a design necessity behind it where you just know they have to get to point B and all the like everything between A and B can just be whatever. Have you shared this with Alon yet? I haven't, but I think Alon basically does this in his brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say that given the number of times I've heard Alon be like, yeah, my flight got delayed, so I'm just wandering between gates seeing if I can put together a pickup game. Like uh-huh. this seems like it was designed for a lot. Yeah. And uh this is by Awkward Turtle Games and uh it is uh licensed under Creative Commons so you can take the type and do whatever you want. But this is seriously it's a cool little tool that's worth 5 bucks, honestly. Um you should definitely yeah. check it out. That's uh awesome. And, yeah, and it looks like it's a collaboration with somebody named Brian Stoffer who I'm guessing is outside of Awkward Turtle Games but is working with them on this. Awkward Turtle Games, if you want to clear this up for me, uh please add us at Goblins Growlers or uh at me at Way of Randalore. Uh but regardless, it's very cool. There's a video walkthrough on here and this is at awkwardturtle.itch.io. Very cool. And I've got one more and this is something I actually want us to talk about in like a full episode. Because I stumbled on this by accident um, while I was looking through some stuff. And then I found it somewhere else, like on uh, one of the one of the couple of sites that are out there that specialize in doing printing and selling of like small indie TTRPG books. And I was like, oh, that reminds me of something. And then I went back to itch and I found the page on itch. But it's called Moonlight on Roseville Beach. And it's called a downloadable queer RPG. And it is like... 80 some pages for the book. It's designed like an old pulp magazine. Um, and I think a lot of the art for it is used as uh, it's it's like public domain stuff drawn from that kind of thing. And a- as you can tell, very queer focused. Um, and it is written by uh, Richard Ron. And I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name. It's Richard then R-U-A-N-E Ron. And it's by R. Rook Studios. And it's Queer Pulp meets Cosmic Horror. It's 1979, and you're spending the summer working in Roseville Beach, the queerest little town on Rose Island. You might even have come here looking for an escape, some fun, a little extra money, or even love. But now people are seeing phantasms, strange animals, and stranger old gods wander the woods, mysterious monoliths appear randomly, and that strange music is coming from somewhere. There's a quick start and a demo kit that you can get. You can get the PDF, which I paid like, uh, I think I paid like 12 bucks for it and, uh, you can get, uh, just an EPUB. It's just the text, but honestly buy the PDF because the PDF is gorgeous. Um, it is, uh, so well done. It's so well put together. Uh, I would really like to do a whole episode on this, uh, cause it's such a fleshed out setting. Um, like the beach has all these different areas to it. There's Whoa. all kinds of there's all kinds of backstories for characters. It's set in what the author says is a much more sort of like queer accepting 1979, uh, where, you know, nothing's out of the ordinary. Nothing's looked at any particular way. Uh, it's got some flash fiction, flash fiction pieces. 
uh, that are part of it, which I always think are a great addition to uh, like a core rulebook, essentially. Um, uh, there are some demo files. There are, there are some music playlists that go with it. It's just, it's really solid. I would love to spend a little bit more time with the book, really get involved in the ins and outs of it, um, and then maybe try and talk to the writer about it and do like an interview and talk about it. But uh, it is Moonlight on Roseville Beach. I encourage everybody to check it out. It's so well done. And I love books that are put together with the kind of found art sort of mentality of things. It's so like having worked uh, in graphic arts and publishing, uh, I nothing but respect for people who put who put the effort into finding really good art that fits when all you can use is just stuff that you found. It's a really good collage type project. Yeah. This also like the theming and everything of this seems like it'd be a really big hit with the uh, the folks that listen to the show who are also really into Welcome to Night Vale. Mm hmm. Yeah, it seems yeah, like it's that's, got that's a little bit of that sort it. of vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe I got. I got from it. Um, uh, and the it's it's funny because I saw a quick. I watched like a quick little interview with the writer, and uh, he was just like, he, he just seemed like <laughs> like somebody's dad. It was just kind of funny. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, you know, like I really enjoyed putting this together. It's been something I'm working on for a long time. Uh, but it's just it's it's really well done. Uh, it, it feels so comprehensive, uh, which is something that I often find myself wanting a little bit more of when I'm looking through like indie stuff, because so much of it is like, oh, this is a really like this is a rules light system put together really quickly. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just sometimes I want something that feels like it has a lot more lore, like a setting that feels a lot more lived in. And that's exactly what this is. Uh, so something, it is fantastic. Something that's a little more meat on the old bones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I actually um, I, I want to point out that there are some community copies available if anybody wants to check it out. Um, and then there, there are also some press copies. So don't take advantage of those unless you're actually doing some sort of press review. Um, well, you but you bought ahead. our copy, didn't you? Yeah. That we're using yeah. for review purposes. So like, yes, if if we who are actually doing press work for this game are willing to pay for our copy. And you have the means to pay for your copy. Do it. Yeah. No. And it's uh, on sale right now. It looks like. Um, yeah. A couple so, bucks off. Yeah. So check it out. Um, let us know what you think about it. If you check out Wallet Dungeons, let us know what you think about it. If you check out Yokai Hunter Society, tell us about that. If you check out this Discord has ghosts in it, tell us about that. But those are some fun indie options for games that run the gamut between something that's going to take a little bit of work uh, to actually put it together to I'm just going to pull this card out of my wallet along with a handful of dice and just see what happens. Alon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Got any other thoughts there, Josh? Uh, no, I'm excited that we were able to pull together so much cool indie content so quickly. Yeah, I know. I know. We got to we got to stop doing these Saturday recordings. Uh, we got we got to get our stuff together a little bit early. Um, but if any of y'all have any solid or just favorite indie games that you like, uh, hop on the discord bit.ly slash goblin discord and let us know. We would love to learn about more and we'd love to talk about them as well. Um, other than that, uh, you can reach us at content contact at goblinsgrowlers.com. Uh, and as per usual, 
uh, I'm going to ask you to telephone, telegraph, tell a friend about the Goblins and Growlers podcast because word of mouth is really the best way we can get people to listen to the podcast. Uh, and that's awesome. That's how we can get money to afford to pay $12 for a book. Um, and also, uh, you should really listen to our sister podcast, Quid Pro Roll, which has like how many episodes at this point? Oh my gosh. I think if we're just counting like raw releases, I think we're over 200, but there's over 160 that are main campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That's our, that's our uh, actual play. Uh, you should listen to that. Um, what else should people check out? Um, if they're not already on there, they should check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash goblins growlers, because that's yeah. not only somewhere where we get the money to do things like buy these books, but it's also somewhere where you, for helping us in that way, can get access to all of the bonus content stuff that we've created over the years, including things like dungeons and monsters and a wide variety of audio content, some of it very polished and some of it very, uh, let's let's call it wild. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we will be at a couple of conventions coming up. We'll probably drop some news about that in the next couple of weeks. So be sure to come out and say hey on that. Um, but I think I've covered everything in terms of our usual laundry list of stuff we need to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good time for us to get back to our Saturdays and for me to in particular, get back to tidying up this house for the guests gotta, that I'm having tomorrow. I've got to go finish staining my back porch while it's a nice day. <laughs> mm. It is good weather for staining a back porch. I'm glad for that. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll catch you next time. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I am Brandon at way of Brandalore. And I'm Josh at black cloak DM. Uh, see you soon. Bye, y'all. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing and giving us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Especially early in the feed, subscriptions and reviews are super helpful for bringing new listeners our way. Thank you. Thank you.